Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with Saul pursuing David as we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 26, verse 17. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Saul, of course, waking out of his sleep, said, Is this thy voice, my son David? And David said, It's my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord pursue after his servant? What have I done? Or what evil is in my hand? Now, David, I think one of the phrases of David all the way through was, What have I done? Always saying, What have I done? He seemed to always be getting into trouble, you know, and, and always really for, for not very much, but what have I done? And so when he went down to the camp where his brothers were fighting against the Philistines and, and the Goliath came out and David began to say, hey, why are you guys hiding and why doesn't one of you fight him? His brother started getting out on his case and he said, hey, what have I done? I only ask a few questions. And here with Saul, what have I done that you would pursue me like this? Now, therefore, I pray thee, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, then let the Lord receive an offering. Let's offer a sacrifice and let's get it over with. But if it is the children of men that have stirred you up against me, then let them be cursed. For they have driven me out from abiding in the inheritance of the Lord. Now, therefore, let not my blood fall to the earth before the face of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea. And as a partridge, you've chased me over these mountains. Then said Saul, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will no more do thee harm, because my soul was precious in thine eyes. This day, behold, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. Now, here's a confession of Saul. And Saul, if David's phrase was, what have I done? Saul's phrase was, I have sinned. But he never repented. He only declared a fact. And and this is sort of tragic. And, And so many people do that today. They say, oh, I have sinned, but they don't change. It's more than just the confession of guilt that is necessary. It's the turning from the sin which is important. Except thou repent, Jesus said, you're going to perish. And repent means to turn. So it isn't just saying, oh, I have sinned. It's turning from your sin, which is so important to the Lord. And here is Saul again, and many times, on many occasions, whenever he was faced by Samuel the prophet, he said, oh, I have sinned, but there wasn't any sign of repentance. I have sinned. I've played the fool. I have erred exceedingly. This is Saul's confession. Of course, it's a very tragic confession. It's the truth. He did play the fool. All through his life, he played the fool. 
He was a man who was endowed by God with many natural talents and abilities. He was a man who was given every opportunity by God. But yet a man who blew his opportunities of really being a servant of God. He is a man who failed to do the work of God, though he had all that he needed to be a marvelous king over Israel. He became exalted and lifted up with pride and played the fool and erred exceedingly. And so his autobiography, I have sinned, I've played the fool, I've erred exceedingly. So David answered and said, Behold the king's spear. Let one of your young men come over and get it. And the Lord rendered to every man his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch forth my hand against the Lord's anointed. And behold, as thy life was much set by this day in my eyes, so let my life be much set by in your eyes or in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things, and thou shalt still prevail. Now Saul, underneath, knew that someday David was going to take the throne. He was trying to protect the throne and, and to pass it on to his own children. But yet in his heart, he knew that God had anointed David, and that David was God's anointed king. Then Saul said to David, Blessed be thou, my son David. Thou shalt both do great things and still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place. Now, David made a negative confession in chapter 27, and if what these people are preaching today, David would have been killed by Saul. If what they say is true. If you are what you say, if words have the creative force, and words become a creative force, and you can say it into existence and so forth, then you've got God's divine fiat power and you've become as God. But David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. What a negative confession. One day Saul's going to get me. Now, if, if what they teach is true, then it should follow that Saul one day killed David, but that didn't happen. Don't let people lay a trip on you because you may have a negative personality and say negative things. Oh, that's going to happen to you. You shouldn't be saying that. That's just what's going to take place. That's not true. There are a lot of negative people that have positive things happen to them and a lot of positive people that have negative things happen to them. The Bible says the sun shines on the just and the unjust alike and the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And I don't care who you are, you're going to have problems in your life and you're going to have good times in your life. And you can say negative things and, and not have to just go around cringing and fearing, oh, I said it, now it's going to happen. David said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul. There's nothing better for me than I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines and Saul will despair of seeking me anymore in the coast of Israel. 
and I'll escape out of his hand. So David arose and passed over with the 600 men that were with him to Achish, the king of Gath. Now Gath is one of the five major Philistine cities. It lies about 10 miles inland from Ashdod and Ashkelon. Ashdod and Ashkelon being on the coast, and, and Gath made sort of a triangle about 10 miles inland from these two Philistine cities. Down in the southern part, 50 kilometers from Beersheba. Now this time he comes to Achish again and he is seeking actually political asylum almost uh, because Saul is after him. And so Achish received David and David said, look, I don't need to dwell in, in this city, but just give me a city around here. I don't need to dwell in the royal city. So he gave him Ziglag. Ziklag. And uh, David then and his men began to invade areas around them. Now, though I admire David for a lot of things, yet, I don't admire David for other things. And uh, this, I cannot really find any real excuse for David's actions. He would go out and he would totally wipe out a city. And he'd kill everybody so that there'd be no one to come back and tell people what was happening. And he was making excursions against these cities. And when Achish would see him, he says, well, where you been? You know, where you been building a road today? And he said, oh, over against Judah and all. And, and so actually, he was wiping out a lot of these little Philistine villages and Canaanite villages and, and making out to King Achish that he was fighting against Judah. So he thought, oh, boy, they're going to utterly hate David over in Judah now but he would kill everybody so that there would be no one to tell what he was doing. That is not at all right. It isn't admirable. I don't have any excuses for David in these actions. The only thing I think that it does point out is that God can use men that aren't perfect, and David was far from perfect. I think that many times we have some kind of a concept that only God, God only uses perfect people. That isn't so. Many times we disqualify ourselves from serving the Lord, being used of God because we're so conscious of our own imperfections. But God used David. And that's always an encouragement to me that God could use a guy like David, then God can use a guy like me because I'm far from perfect also. And he can also use a person like you because I don't think you're so perfect either. <laughs> so it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish said with David... Know assuredly that you shall go out to battle with me, you and your men. So David said to Achish, And you shall know what your servant can do. 
Achish said to David, therefore I will make you the keeper of my head forever. In other words, sort of putting David over as his personal bodyguard and all. Now Samuel was dead and Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched in Shunem, and Saul gathered all Israel together, and they pitched in Gilboa. Now, Gilboa is clear up in the area just south of the Sea of Galilee. So the Philistines had really moved a long way against the Israelites. Gilboa is clear over, actually, the one side of Gilboa goes down to the Jordan River. So the Philistines had really taken a lot of the territory at this point. Saul was being boxed into just a very uh, small area. And there he was encamped in Gilboa. And when Saul saw the host of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. And Saul inquired of the Lord, but there was no answer either by dreams nor by the Urim nor by the prophets. Now, God speaks to us in many different ways. God can speak to us by dreams. Now, I don't believe that I personally have ever had a dream that had any spiritual significance to it. But now that I'm getting to the age, <laughs> as the scripture said, your old men shall dream dreams, maybe I'm going to someday start getting dreams with spiritual significance. Let me say this. Though to my own belief, I have never had a dream with any spiritual significance, it doesn't stop me from realizing that I may someday have a dream that has spiritual significance and I'm open to it. Just because I've never had it, I don't say, well, God doesn't speak to men through dreams anymore. I believe that God can still speak to people through dreams and I'm open to dreaming. If God wants to speak to me in a dream, I'm open to it. I'd be thrilled and delighted to have God speak to me in a dream. God also speaks to people through visions. Now, I have had visions in which God did speak to me. God speaks to people through the prophets. And I have had God's word come to me through anointed brothers and sisters in Christ that I recognize as God's word to me. In the Old Testament, God also spoke through the Urim and the Thummim, which were a, a part of the priest garments and, and, and all, they were a little sort of a pouch that he wore. And they say that there was a black stone and a white stone and, and that the black stone was a no answer and the white stone was yes. Whether or not that is actually so, I don't know. But somehow God spoke through the Urim and the Thummim. Now, the, the words actually means lights and perfections, and it could be that rather than stones, which 
have become sort of the traditional kind of a thing. It could be that this thing would light up that the priest wore when, when God would say yes, that this thing would light up. But God was not answering Saul's prayers by any of these methods by which they were accustomed to God speaking to them. Now, I am interested in God speaking to me, however, God spoke to some of them through angels. But God has spoken and God continues to speak to me constantly through his word. And this, I think, is the place where you learn to start to know and to hear the voice of God getting into the word. And it's so important that you're in the word and God has that opportunity to speak to you through his word. So God wasn't answering the prayers of Saul. So Saul said to his servants, find me a woman that has a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And the servant said to him, behold, there's a woman that has a familiar spirit at Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment and he went with two men and they came to the woman at night, and he said, I pray thee, divine unto me by the familiar spirit, and bring me him up whom I will name unto thee. And the woman said unto him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off all of those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Why are you laying a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by Jehovah, saying, As Jehovah lives, there shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Now there, of course, is that weird admixture in Saul. Here he is talking to a witch and swearing by the Lord that no evil will come to her if she goes ahead and practices her witchcraft and brings forth the spirit that he is desiring. As Jehovah lives, swearing by the Lord, there are a lot of people that are really mixed up in their whole spiritual life. Just, just a total confusion in spiritual things. Using spiritual phraseology. You know, it's like planning to rob a bank and then having a prayer meeting. Now, Lord, help us to pull off this job successfully, you know. <laughs> it's just really confusion. Here he is engaged in this Woman who is possessed by a demon, actually, and that's what it means, a familiar spirit, a demon-possessed woman. And, and going to her for counsel and advice, bringing back a spirit. And then the woman said, who shall I bring up to thee? And he said, bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she screamed. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said unto her, Don't be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said, I saw the gods ascending out of the earth. And he said unto her, What form was he? And she said he was like an old man covered up and his covering with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed himself. And Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disquieted me to bring me up? And Saul answered, 
I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me. And he answers me no more, neither by the prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called thee, that you may make known to me what I shall do. Then said Samuel, Why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? And the Lord hath done to him as he spoke by me. For the Lord has taken the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, even to David. And because you obeyed not the voice of the Lord, nor executed his fierce wrath upon Amalek, Therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with thee into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Ooh, that would be a heavy thing to lay upon somebody, wouldn't it? And he will deliver the host of the Philistines and the, er, the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. Now, did Samuel really come back? Did this witch actually bring back a spirit from the dead? We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of 1 Samuel on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, Simply order 1 Samuel 26-28 through 28 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD, and our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord bless you and be with you and keep you in His love through the grace of Jesus Christ as we look forward to that glorious day of the Lord, that we might be with him in his eternal kingdom, the world without end. God bless you, and may the strength of the Lord be your portion in Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. 
Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 9673.